What's happening, runners? Welcome back to another episode of The Running Podcast, the podcast where we talk all things running. The highs, the lows, the ugly bits, and of course, everything in between. Today, we're doing something slightly different. We're bringing you an interview live from the Highgate Harriers, Night of the 10 KPBs VIP section, where I sat down with my co-host, Jody from the Backstreet Boys podcast and special guest, Chris Thompson. Chris is a professional athlete for On Running, and he has achieved a hell of a lot in his career. Most notably, he won a silver medal at the 2010 European Championships on the track behind Sir Mo Farah. And most recently, he ran in the marathon at the Tokyo Olympic Games, his first Olympics since becoming a new dad just a few months prior. Now, Chris is a true veteran of the sport. He's been in the space for over two decades. He's won major medals and major competitions. And he's also been to two Olympic Games for the 10,000 metres and, of course, most recently, the marathon. And he's very respected in the world of track and field. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. So put the kettle on, sit back and enjoy this insightful interview with Chris Thompson. We've just collared Chris Thompson, um, marathon legend. In fact, I could go over all of the events and you've been a legend at the all to be fair, all the way from the 5,000 up. But more recently, marathon. 3K, 15, 8. Okay, I'll start at 5. No, I'll start at 5. Joking, I'll start at 5. Do you have a shot for it? I did do it once. Do you know what I did do? I used to, like we've all done when we were in our younger days. What I, I did No, I didn't get that far. I did pole vault. I did triple jump. I thought I was quite good at triple jump. High jump. A bit of javelin. And a, and a bit of hammer, but not around the neck, <laughs> no. just running around in a circle. <laughs> to get one point, right? To get yeah, one point. We've all been there to get the one point. We've all had to earn our stripes. I actually did a decathlon once. Ken Championships 1990, I did a decathlon. Yeah, we got <laughs> one point. The all ten I events. I only got one point. Yeah, well. in all of them except the last one. I meant ten events for one point. I spread it. I got a point for each one. Wow. Uh, you heard it here first. The decathlon is next on Chris Thompson's resume. No, <laughs> no. I, 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 I mean, excuse me, even the 15's not in my wheelhouse, so there's not an event in there. Anyway, go on. But, uh, Tommy, you're off the back of London where you ran 2.11.50. Yeah. You've done a good memory. Yeah. <laughs> I do my research. I do my research, guys. I'm a professional. We say we're not journalists, but I know Wikipedia. <laughs> we're journalisers, yes. Yeah, yeah. You've done a couple of 10Ks recently on the roads, off the back of that. Yeah. And you were, mo- you were supposed to be pacing tonight. Talk us through what's happened there and the reason why you're in jeans looking cool smart. Oh, thanks very much. Um, I love the way you finished that. But um, <laughs> I don't know if you can tell, I'm just coming off the back of a bit of an illness. It turns out running a marathon in two 10Ks in three weeks is damaging to your body. And so my body hit a bit of a wall, and then uh, I, I was desperate to pace. I'm not, and frustrating. But I get to talk to you guys. I'm getting to do a lot of interviews, a lot of things, and my throat is killing me now. But you've got to be careful, because you're not 40 anymore. No, I'm 42. Yes, yes. No, I'm older than 40. That's right. Well, my boy my boy is like two, so he minuses me two. So oh, I am 40. Oh, so it's 42 minus that's two. How it works? That's how I'm playing it. <laughs> Keep going with it. Basically, kids keep you younger, I think, yeah. in a way. Yeah, yeah. In, a, in a nice way. <laughs> I so, love that, I love that. So, you said that um, off camera you were talking to me about the different role that you're playing today and how equally challenging it kind of is compared to an athlete, you know, being on the other side of the fence. Yeah. Talk us through what that is like, you know, because you're used to literally just running laps and trying to win races and run fast times, but what's yeah. it been like today? It's been really good fun. I mean, the, the bit that's that's great is to see how much how much pleasure everyone else is getting just in their own little world. I mean, so, a lot of people are watching athletics, but there's so much going on for the kids. 
um, and, and probably adults as well, climbing walls, doing bits and bobs. Um, there's, I'm trying to list all the other things, there's arts and crafts, my, loves, my wife loves all that stuff. There's a bit of something for everyone. Yeah. Um, there's drink, there's beer, there's whatever you want, there's different places you can watch. So it's just nice to see, because usually at the moment I'm trying to keep calm and get ready before I race. So I can just let myself go. Talk, the amount of conversation I've been able to have and see people, that's, that's one of the big buzzes about events for me is seeing people, talking to people, having fun, catching up. And when you're a runner, you probably get a snippet of that because pre and post. So that's been my favourite bit, catching up with people and seeing everyone and seeing my boy running. He's been running up and down that red track. He's been climbing all over here. Oh, he's, he's, oh man. He's, he's worn after, his feet into it. He's been after my beer as well, wasn't he, at one point? <laughs> yeah, he oh, he's, he's climbing all over. And I, was, I think I saw him having a sip at one point. <laughs> I wouldn't surprise you. My dad's got him into beer. So... If it's a, <laughs> So, yeah, he's my dad. Wait, well, the, the, true story. Uh, the other week went round, and my Gemma and my son went round early, and I'd been at where was I? Birmingham. Got there late in the afternoon, and uh, Theo dragged me into the garage to show me what him and my dad had been doing. He was playing with drills and a screwdriver, d- 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 like drilling holes and then putting <laughs> screws. And I was like, Dad. What are you doing? And he just, my dad just had this guilty look on his face. Hey, you like, turned out right. <laughs> well, allegedly. I mean, my point is, I think he's just like, so here he comes now with his, he's coming with the hat back up on the camera. But he's just, I think my dad's all about just like being the naughty granddad, so fair enough. Um, so you went, you went, you went good at London Marathon. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Ask him what I ran. Do 11.50. Very good time. <laughs> um, what are your plans for the year? Do, I mean, I, I've given up trying to work out how you qualify for things anymore. Yep. But is there a possibility of you going to Budapest? Uh, no, because we're not doing... I can only speak for the men's marathon. Yeah. They're not taking invites. So I don't right, have okay. the A standard. Yeah. They're not taking invites. I don't know if I would get one, but they're not taking them. So, no. no and I'm not running Hello. the 10K today. Everybody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> and so, Theo, what, what, what's my next race? Running. Running, yeah, but am I, is there any race in particular that you think I should do? Um, out. Outside, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. call it, we'll call it outside. So you're not doing yeah. an indoor yet? No, I'm not. No indoors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's the most sensitive adult day. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, I forgot what you asked what, what me. Are your what, the black, so I'm going to do Boulder to Boulder next week. Uh-huh. This is my first race at altitude, which I, I, I've always wanted to scratch that itch because I feel like altitude is something that I thrive in. So I'm going to do that, and then I've played with another marathon. There's the World Road Running Championship, oh, yeah. uh, which is in Latvian Riga, which is actually where my one of my European juniors were at, and I had a second favourite, cried on the start line, came last. That's another story. Um, you made up for it, though. You got a silver one, right? Uh, yeah, the senior champs, yeah. Um, not, on the, uh, not on the juniors. And then, so yeah, so... Yeah, and we chatted after the race in Barcelona as well. Don't tell me. We did, no, we did as well. I was going to say, don't tell me you don't remember. Good Lord. That's how, Nick... that's how old we are. <laughs> Good Lord, I was going to say. I was going to no, say. I've got, I've got that, I've got that. Yeah, you're Fake, right. just out yeah. the back, like, yeah, just like he pulled the 211.50 out of me. <laughs> 
I know my figures. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so basically, uh, I need to see and have a think. I mean, me, me, uh, full disclosure, me and Alan had a conversation about the 50k, and I thought, whoa, I was like, what's going on here? We, we decided no, don't you? But, but so, any, we're, look, we're trying to work out what's going to be fun, what's going to be exciting, what's going to keep me going out the door, and there's so much out there at the moment. And I, like I say, hopefully more events like this. I mean, there's one in Australia. I'd love to... We should do this. Should we do this in Australia? Three, two, one, (laughs) click. See you in Australia. Just in case, just in case we do If you could talk to the team and get us all out. There you go. And is that what you're concerned on, just having fun now? Um, I think I've... I think for the last five, six years, I've tried to keep a big part of what I'm doing about trying to have fun. Because... yeah, I, I think I was slow. To, I was slow to the start line. If I'd be serious for a second, of taking myself seriously mm-hmm. as an athlete, I was very much a play first and running. When I ran, I ran for the moments I ran. But in between that, I just wanted to have fun, and I wasn't. A, I wasn't a twenty-four-seven athlete-minded. And as I got older, and then I went through a sweet spot where I was obsessed, dedicated, and all that. I was a bit late to it. And as I got to the end of my career, if I take that obsession, it's not possible. So I'm trying to just go back to almost be why I, why I started running. Yeah. The friendships, the fun events, uh, keep training excited. Because I train on my own so much. It, that's tough. I lost my training partner, Scott, to Liverpool because that's where he moved. Um, and so I think, you know, you, when you get older, you you just remember why you did this in the first place and you try and keep that going and I think at the moment I'd still like to make teams but I'm not going to be the person that spends every waking moment uh, and every day going thinking about those big events I'm going to go right what's going to make this week fun what's going to make this month fun do you know what I mean so last year you were actually selected to go to Eugene weren't you and was it Eugene and then yeah, you couldn't yeah, yeah. go because there was a visa issue right yeah but, and um Tell us about that. I mean, the amount of effort you have to put in to qualify for a marathon as well. Yeah. Like, that's a, that's a tough thing to qualify for. It was last minute, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, well, I didn't officially know. I didn't, It wasn't categorically a no until the race was... From memory, the race was Saturday. And I think we finally said it's not happening on the Wednesday. So it was right up until that. And, I, and again, to close the story, I got my visa the day after the race. Yeah, like, on the I Monday. read that Listen, yeah. it's <laughs> That's just... anyway. I mean, it's one of those things that um, keeps that frustrates me, should we say? Um, but um, sorry, what was the question you said? What was no, the... just like what an insane experience? And uh, like, yeah. It's insane that a championships of that magnitude also has that issue. It yeah. wasn't just you, was it? Mar- it was lots of athletes. Yeah. But the marathon, you know, the oh, fact you found out day training, four, yeah. you've done all the training. That's why. So I had in, in my in my back pocket. I knew there was London marathon was in October. I hadn't committed to it at that point, but I was thinking, depending on how the race goes in Eugene, then I'll use the training to that. But the problem was, when I lost the race, I'd gone through that training. I didn't have an emotional outlet, so I literally was at home. The only thing I got, I say, emotionally to release was I went on the BBC and commentated with Jeanette. And that, that was something that helped me kind of emotionally feel like put a full stop in it. And I, and the, but the rest of the week, I was daddy daycare the whole week because Gemma went to Eugene. So Gemma was in Eugene watching the races. I was at home with Theo, so I couldn't train for a week. Then she came back. She brought COVID back. Uh, well, I don't know. I say brought back, but she tested positive that week. I then was a bit iffy. And it got about a month after. And I just was struggling to get going off the emotion you talk about of training for it, the emotion of the whole thing. 
And then I ended up getting really ill in September and it just wiped my year out. And the whole, because I didn't, I didn't manage it very well for a variety of different reasons. It just meant I, ha- I got to like November, December and went, Tomo, you've you got to stop here. You've got to start again. You've got to reset a little bit. And I did that. And that's why London this year was so big for me because that's what happened. It was a product of for four months earlier, stop this and just start again. Because you need to as nothing. It's difficult to do that. So it was, it was emotionally not, it wasn't, yeah, it's not fun training for a marathon in, at the best of times, let alone not even running one. Tomo, you've given me some good advice over the years. Um, you've given a lot of athletes. Good, good advice is good advice for life. I, that's, Ricky said that. I refer to the bit of advice you gave me in Bushy Park when my hamstring had gone. Uh, yeah. I was with my partner and we still talk about that advice to this day. Oh, I want to talk about the story of you qualifying for the Olympics in Kew Gardens. Yeah. 40 years old. Little Baba's just yeah. been born. Yeah. You got a cast on your arm. Is that right? Was it your hand? Uh, no. So at that point, it come off by that point. But my hand was still mending. It hadn't fully healed. That but yeah, right. I, I, the cast, I had a temporary plaster on and off one. So I didn't wear it in the race. So I had to grab bottles. That's yeah. it. So let's go to the point where the front two, which I believe was Ben Connor and... Well, it's Ben, Dowie, and Mo. Way out in front. You're off. I'm documenting the race, and I'm saying, oh, yeah, no, Tomo's off it. Then all of a sudden, <laughs> the gap starts closing. That's where I want to check in this interview. What yeah. the happened there? So, uh, there's a two-mile loop, and about a mile and a half in, there's this shortcut. And, um, <laughs> and, no, right. and no one knew no, about you're it. You're breaking my heart, Tom. You're breaking my heart, mate. Imagine if there was. Oh, uh, um, it, I, 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 I can't explain that race or that day um, like in, in, in very well to express what was going on inside and how it felt and everything. It's, really, it's impossible because it was one of those... I think athletes talk about moments in their that's challenging themselves, and when you challenge yourself in a way that feels impossible or feels out of your realm, and you get close, even get close, or even achieve it, you get a, a sense of feeling that you wish, you hope everyone gets to feel, because it's only when you challenge yourself in an extreme way you get to feel that sense of accomplishment, and that day. And again, this is personal to me. I'm not trying to exaggerate it. The reason I exploded on that, because deep down, I didn't think it was possible. Not only did I not think it was possible on the day, in the race, even though I was trying to play a sensible race, it felt like it was slipping through my hand. It felt like it was gone. It looked like, do you lot? I was out. Yeah. The only thing that was keeping me going was I was running, still running at 2.10 pace. So I kind of thought, well, that's a good sign. But they were so running so well. And these aren't rubbish runners. They're good runners. And I thought, I need them to slow down. Because I'm not, I'm not picking up. So if they don't slow down, it's gone. And so it just, to, to suddenly it all come together and suddenly win. And to suddenly be like, also go, I'm a dad. Which I'd suppressed for four or five days. And I'm going to the Olympics to have that. And again, which, which is why I'm, I'm so big. You have to have a trial. To have someone cross the line knowing they're going to the Olympics, to not give athletes that. To, I wouldn't have had that moment in the same way 
if they didn't, if it wasn't a case of first one or two across the line, you're going to the Olympics with the time. You, you're taking a massive moment from an athlete by not giving them that. And that's why all those, that cauldron of things came in. And, I, and I, I'm finished going, I, I, what am I more over moon about? The, the fact I came from behind, broken hand, Theo, going to, I just couldn't work out. I just didn't know what I was doing. Like, honestly, even now, when I think about that moment, I was in, I was in cloud cuckoo land. I couldn't see anyone. I couldn't process anything. I had to take myself off to the side and take a minute because I was just crying. I was just and crying. You weren't the only one because that was like one of the highlights of lockdown, wasn't it? Yeah, because we couldn't do anything. We couldn't go anywhere. No. And we were all like, you know, watching it on on some kind of deck. I don't know where we were watching it because it wasn't like, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a normal yeah. time, was it? And to be able to watch that, we were all cheering you on. And you, I think you give yourself, um, I think you need to take a bit more credit because you ran a smart race. Like you knew what you were doing. You, they were ahead, but they're not going to run 208, let's be honest. You yeah. knew what you were doing and that's experience. Well, it's, it, it was trying to run to my strengths in that moment, I think. Because I, I did, I did I think I was 20, 25, 65 and then 65 high. So I slowed a bit, but but again, like you said, I mean, I one thing I've gotten good at in my older age is I run to my strengths yeah. in that moment. And and so I did that and maybe I was, I, I took out, ignored the time that we needed to run the best race. And I think they may have got a bit wrapped up and we've got to get ahead to catch the, the thing. But again, to your point with the whole lockdown stuff, and again, in the interviews afterwards, that was another thing that added to it was, and again, not to sound too corny, I felt so lucky to have this opportunity to get a moment like that. Because most most of us sporting events were being shut down. They couldn't have it. And so that actually, the fact it went ahead, we thought, I thought I'd lost the Olympics because of it wasn't going to go ahead. When It was just, everything was just ridiculous and to, to be to be able to feel that happy in a moment where we were still as a world struggling was a bit cornerly it was I felt selfishly really happy <laughs> I'm trying, I feel bad to say it but I did but it was like wow you mentioned before about uh, the world championships last year you actually did some commentating and it was good for you I actually I had lunch with Jeanette in Istanbul at the World Indoors and she yeah. was talking about this and she was saying she almost didn't ask you because she thought is he going to want to commentate on the race he was supposed yeah. to be in but um, you were very good. Oh, thank you. You know, you were really good. And like, as fans who watch a lot of sport, well, we're always a bit iffy about athletes, like just <laughs> bringing them on and just saying, you know, because a lot of athletes don't know their sport. Let's yeah, be honest. Yeah. They don't know their competitors. They don't know stuff. They just yeah. run their own, they just know their own thing. You were very good. Is that something you might like to do more of in the future? I, I would. And I'm, thank you for saying that. Because again, I think uh, it's difficult in yourself to, know how you're coming across and if you if you get portraying what's I'm a little bit dyslexic in uh I'm slow with what my brain goes 100 miles an hour and to get it out takes so I I miss words I've just done it then I miss things and I and I and I trying to get my point across and my mouth can't keep up with it believe it or not even though I talk quick and so I'd like to I really enjoyed it Jeanette's a fantastic woman I was so pleased she asked me because again I hesitated but in my mind, I thought, don't hesitate, just do it because this will be good for you. You'll be in safe hands with Jeanette. 
uh, I had Colin there and it was I came away with a real smile on my face of I needed that I really drove home and I felt like and again if I did a good job then I'm thankful a lot of people have said well done but I guess the people that didn't aren't going to contact me going that was rubbish <laughs> oh no don't worry well, they will but, uh, well uh, maybe they will but, it, but I again like you say I, I, I'm, I'm more passionate about the intricate details of it of the of the event as much about the athletes of the, the physiology of it, of the the, the the management of it, the the psychology of it, and that, and the little subtleness, subtle signs you can read. Like from a, I used to just run A to B as hard as I could, and I raced Gebre Selassie in 2011 in a 10k in Manchester, and obviously that race is tomorrow. And everyone was, Gebre Selassie and me were interviewed, and I'd just come off the back of Stamford running 27-27. People were going, Chris, you're going to beat Gebre Selassie tomorrow, it's, he's getting older, blah, blah, blah. He's probably the age I am now. <laughs> and, um, and he was looking at me going, who is this guy? He's not going to beat me, you know, as a good athlete would. And we went toe-to-toe, and I literally, all in my head was going, when he goes hard, I go hard. And we were surging. And I wasn't thinking, I was just, when he goes, I go, until I could, I think it was 2K to go, he finally dropped me after about the third or fourth surge. And in his interview, he said, uh, afterwards, he said, yes, this guy's tough. I was listening to him, I was assessing him, and he really went to the well, and he said, I was listening to his breathing, I was listening to that, and I just went, man, I've never thought about that. I've never thought about reading my opponent. And I've been obsessed with it ever since. So when I race people, I'm trying to read the race. I'm trying to read the athlete. I'm trying to read where they're at in their in their fatigue status within a race, what they can and can't do. Um, I did at Brist, uh, Birmingham a couple of weeks ago. I raced a lad I'd never raced before. I quickly interviewed him before the race with, "What have you done?" Da da da. Figured out what he was good and not good at because I knew he was in a similar shape to me. That's all I knew. And then I just use some tactics during the race to try and beat him and honestly like he should have beaten me but I was able to sort of read and kind of put him down some rabbit holes play a bit of rope dope as I like to do and it sounds it sounds more complicated than it is I'm just not good at explaining it but that I get really interested in that so when I commentate I'd like to like share that kind of side to things and not just be like and they're off I mean because I, I can't do I'm not the colour I'm the the other word the um there's two versions of it, isn't it? It's colour and uh, the pundit, isn't it? So I'm on whichever one it is. Yeah, I'm the pundit, more the like, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I forget the, the two. I know exactly what you're saying. So yeah, as a pundit, now obviously we're here at the night of the ten thousand PBs, yeah. and one of the most most important is, is the trials for the for the world championships. Yeah, who's gonna who is gonna be the British team at the ten k's world championships? Honestly, how do you qualify? Well. The, the tough, the tough, toughy is. Um, I don't think Sam Atkins is here, uh, from what I understand, and I, I think he's got the five k yeah. times and probably locks that in. So he's not trying to do the ten. As far as I'm aware, the only athlete here trying to go for the time is Butchard. Yeah. So it's whether Butchard could run it or not, and that's it. It's very tough, though, isn't it? It's twenty-seven ten or something. Ice. It will be the second yeah. fastest Brit of all time. Yeah. Second yeah. fastest Brit of all time if he does it. Yeah. There's no one in the race that's run that. Yeah, Chilebo. He's, he's PB. Oh yeah, you're right. Chilebo. That's right. Do your research. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
surprised. No one punters you, John. The best bit is he might not have done it, and I look stupid. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to look it up. Yeah, no. Championship silver medalist here. We talked about him earlier. We don't know who he is. Yeah. Um, he had <laughs> no, no, it's not, it's not him. No. Some Kenyan guy who won the top silver last year. Oh, right. Sorry, I'm with you. Yeah, we know who he is. Oh, I see. Right, right. With you. But and yeah, then, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough call. This is what makes it tough for us fans nowadays yeah. to even work out how people qualify. So this, um, this is all I would say is to the to, to the ridiculousness of our qualifying because it's not it's not World Athletics. They they want the same number of athletes competing. They're just going about it in a way that empowers events to be ranking events and help people get points. It's like a golfing set. Is that it was designed rightly or wrongly? to give events and give athletes more opportunity. Our federation has decided not to do that. Yeah. That's by the by. And so now we're faced with a scenario where athletes, British athletes, I worry for how they... The athletes that are... For not, you could have an athlete. I'm pretty sure you're going to run 27-20. Yeah. Not go. And then you go, well, what implications does that have on contracts and all that? And you could end up with a phenomenal athlete struggling. And especially when it's not even clear... Like, it's not that clear how to qualify, especially in something like the 10K where there's not even many events. So, you well, it's if you run the standard, yes, but that's, I, that, that's kind of about the picture. Yeah, yeah. If you run the standard and you win the trials, you go, not that there is one, there isn't one for the marathon, so you're right. I could have, I could have won London Marathon in and beat that guy and run 2 1, <laughs> finished, and I'd have been going, well, I hope they, I hope they pick me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that, that, that's the stupidity of it. I said it in my uh, pre-race like media thing. It's like that, that, that's how absurd it is to have a policy where I have to wait for them to call me and I win London. And obviously I didn't. And it's not going to happen. But it's just that's why I find it. Bizarre. Anyway, it's, it's bonkers. But we've got to go back to the track because both of those races are literally about to start. The women's elite is about to kick off. What time is it now? Oh, the women's have started. The women's has started. So we need to get on the track, Tomo. I blame you guys for stringing me out. But listen, <laughs> thank you for having me no, on. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank See you, you soon, mate. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.